Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy, co-founder of KidsViews.com. Happy post-Labor Day. Summer is over. First episode of, even though it's not officially fall, feels like the new year because of school, which happens in New York on Wednesday, not on Tuesday, unfortunately. So Amy and I are still (laughs) weighed down with our children today as we record. But by the time you hear this, they will be in school. So I am here in the studio with Amy Oztan of SelfishMom.com. Hello. Hi, Amy. And back from her worldwide adventures in Berlin and Prague and everywhere fabulous while Amy and I just sweated it out here. Sweated it out. Uh, is Andrea Smith. Technology so good guru. to be back. We're so happy to have you back, Andrea. Even though you're not wearing purple today except for your glasses. Isn't so. that weird? It's really weird. When I saw you, I almost did a double take. It's because all my purple purple? clothes are dirty from my (laughs) trip, and I haven't done laundry yet. You've got your purple purse. I've got the purple purse and the purple nails. Oh, nice. Sounds like a um, a children's book. But listen. It was purple in Prague. I was so excited at the pictures of your kids filling in. That was oh, awesome. Oh, it was great. Uh, yes. Actually, when I, I left today, I dropped my daughter off at a friend's house, and she was like, are you sure I can't come with you? I'd rather go to the podcast. I, I told her to pitch us an idea. I said, she pitch should. us yeah. with another episode, and maybe we'll have her maybe on we'll again. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll it do that. It was awesome. All right. Well, in today's show, um, we have a special guest from Facebook. She's the product manager for privacy. We're going to talk a lot about privacy, how to manage your settings, how to manage your kids' settings if you have kids getting back onto Facebook, or if you have college kids who might be looking for a job or high school kids looking to apply to college, how to like clean it up, smarten it up, and stay private. And then our second topic, we're going to talk about a New York Times article, Cooking with Kids, Five Reasons You Should Be Doing It. And it was came out last week. It's actually a great article about why you should cook with your kids as young as three. They're not talking about teens. They're talking about involving them in the kitchen from the start. And then we will have our bites of the week. So we're going to jump right in right now with our first topic, which is our interview with Facebook. And we'll see you after the break. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. So we're really excited to be joined this week by Facebook product manager Melissa Luvan. And Melissa, you work on the security and privacy team. And, you know, with kids back to school and making new friends, and of course that means for many kids making new Facebook friends, there's a lot of stuff for parents to know about, correct? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, you know, let's jump right in. I think that a lot of parents, um, you know, have kind of come to terms with, okay, my kid's on Facebook and that's just it. There's, you know, there's not a lot I can do. But we talk a lot on the podcast about how to keep kids safe or kind of keep an eye on them or, you know, making sure that they're um, keeping their personal stuff personal and, and, and being safe. So one of the things I really wanted to ask you about first was um, the privacy checkup, because Mm -hmm. this is something that I think not a lot of parents take the time to go through with their kids. Can you walk us through that? Or themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, parents are some of the busiest people that I know. Um, So at Facebook, we work super hard to protect people's accounts. We have 
tons of people and systems that work around the clock to protect people's privacy and security. And uh, Privacy Checkup was one of the things that we built as part of our ongoing investment in privacy and security. And basically, uh, Privacy Checkup just walks you through three really quick steps that you can use to help make sure that only the people that you want can see your stuff. Um, it lets you review who you're posting to, which apps you're using, and the privacy of key pieces of information on your profile, which is really important for you know kids who might be using Facebook or, or other online services for the first time, or parents who are really busy and don't have a ton of time to you know sit down and go through everything in great detail. Um, so the way that you, you do it is uh, you go to your privacy shortcut. So, so on a computer, when you're logged in, um, there's a lock in the upper right-hand corner of your screen, and you just click on it, and it lives right there. And that's really awesome because, you know, my son will kill me for saying this, but <laughs> he's much older and, and uh, recently reactivated his Facebook account and came to me and said, can you walk through my privacy settings with me? You know, he's looking for a job now. So, you know, he wants to make sure that no one's posting inappropriate pictures of him and, and really, I think, just needed someone to walk him through making sure you know, you need to give permission to tag. So I think that's something that, you know, never mind not a lot of parents, but not a lot of kids know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's definitely a really, really fair point. And the whole sort of, uh, the whole idea that we put into Privacy Checkup is really making it quick and easy for people. So it should take just a few minutes. I think tagging is actually one of the biggest things that people aren't aware of, that you might be very careful about what you're posting on your own page, particularly kids who are going to be applying to college or looking for jobs. But if you have it open that anyone can tag you on Facebook without your permission, it shows up in your feed publicly. Um, I don't think people are aware of that. And then it shows up to your friends, too. And it might even show up to friends of friends, depending on depending how on your lax settings. you've been. So what is the default now for Facebook on accounts? Is there uh, a default? Not, so with the defaults, um, I'm not totally sure. But the, the main thing to remember with this, uh, I, I actually think it's friends now that I think about it. But anyway... Um, the way that you control your tagging is through your settings. So, um, you know, you can change your settings at any time. It should default to just friends, uh, but you can make it more restrictive if, if you want to. And I agree that tagging is definitely something that people might not think as much about. Um, you know, I, I certainly have embarrassing photos uh, from, from when I was younger on the Internet that I want to make sure that only my friends can see. That makes perfect sense to me. So something else I want to ask you about, I was just traveling, and, and this is something I didn't know Facebook offered, and I think it would be beneficial for a lot of kids, is a one-time password when you're um, perhaps in an, on an unsecure Wi-Fi or on a computer that's not yours. Um, I've never heard of that. Yeah, so one-time passwords are a pretty neat feature. Um, we came out with it a few years ago. Uh, but basically, anytime you feel uncomfortable entering your real password onto a computer that you know maybe isn't yours, for example, a library or internet cafe, um, you just text OTP to three two six six five, and Facebook will send you a temporary eight-character password that you can use instead. Um, and it only works for twenty minutes, and you can't reuse it. So it's pretty helpful if you want to, you know, log in somewhere unfamiliar, maybe a little bit strange but not use your real password and is that 
with your cell phone that's on record with Facebook, how do you know it's the right person? So it's through the app, um, yeah. So the phone number that you have through the app. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I can see that being useful. I don't know. Would your kids use something like that? I would use that. Yeah. I would totally. That's brilliant. Yeah. I wish more yeah. sites I, well, I would that. have used it in Europe last week because yeah. I, I wish I'd known my about kids, it. Um, I don't know how to say this nicely, but my kids don't want a Facebook account. They just turned 13. And I said, <laughs> now you can have a Facebook account. And they were like, why would we want that? Um, it was all about Instagram. and But I do think, and I see this with my niece and nephew who are now in college, I think Facebook, um, I don't know if young teens are using it so much because they, they're just not seeing the value. But as they got older, they all started using it again. I think as many of us are using it, particularly moms, which was for groups. Right. Um, I think mm-hmm. groups has become the main way I use Facebook for sure. I think I'm on groups 80% of the time. Um, so th- what are the settings? I'm always curious. I think people set up a group and they think it's private and it's not. Like you actually have to go into some settings to make sure your groups are private as well, except they're not called private, right? They're called there's secret. 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 Yep. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about groups and how that works with the privacy checkup and what people Security. can do to make sure they're yeah that they're secure when they join a group because it does seem like you join a group and suddenly all these random people can now follow you friend you whatever it is yeah i mean it depends on the the group itself so groups have their own settings um so some groups for example are secret groups i know people that do this with their families you know it's like literally just them and and their brothers sisters cousins nieces nephews parents um, and those groups can't be seen by anyone not in the group. The materials in the group are just within the group. Um, for groups that are a little bit more open, so the, the next more open group is a closed group. And with that, um, you know, the members can see what's in it, but people outside of the group can't see what's in it. And um, I'm not sure the type of group that you're using, but it sounds like you might be using a closed group. Um, there are also open groups that, you know, I think maybe a little bit more fit kind of what you're describing where uh, people who aren't in the group can see what's in the group. Um, and those are actually really useful for topics that are, you know, potentially um, really interesting to a lot of different people. It helps people find the group a little bit better. You can see some of the stuff that's happening in the group. Um, but but it is possible to close down a group a little bit more um, if the material is more sensitive, um, you know, for close family, that kind of thing. And I think that one thing that trips people up sometimes, if you're in a closed group, outside people can still see who is in the group, right? Yes, I think that's correct. Yeah. I think but a lot of people secret. don't know that. No, not secret. If it's secret, then they can't see that it exists even. Right. right. We hope. Mm. Yeah, we, we do hope. <laughs> and they also can't see things that you post to it, um, like pictures. I checked that out very carefully before posting one to a secret group that I absolutely did not want to go any farther than that group. See, so now another reason to go through your Facebook privacy settings yep. and <laughs> see who can see what. Um, before we wrap up, I do want to ask you also about, you know, speaking of privacy, I think a lot of kids and parents as well. Um, are loath to log into certain apps with their Facebook uh, login information because they just Mm -hmm. don't want their information posted on Facebook automatically. I know it's changed a lot and a lot of apps have no longer made that the default, but um, is there something that people can do to make sure if they want to connect their 
music or their um, Nike sports or whatever. Um, can you just walk us through how to make sure that stuff remains private? Yeah, for sure. So um, you're referring to a feature that we have called Facebook blogging. And uh, more than like 80% of the top 100 grossing apps use Facebook login, including apps that you've probably heard of, like Etsy, Nike Plus Running, Airbnb. Um, and so the way that it works is when you log in, there's a pretty quick and easy way to control what information you provide to the app, things like your likes, photos, birthday, hometown, that type of information. Um, it's a totally new and redesigned control screen that we announced earlier, or last year, last year. Uh, and a couple of months ago, it finished rolling out in all of the apps that have Facebook login. And to way to, to, the way to use it is when you log into an app using Facebook login, um, you just click on edit the information that you provide. And this brings you to a list of all of the personal information that the app is requesting from you. And you can go through line by line and decide to check or uncheck each piece of information to control the stuff that you share with the app. Um, and you don't have to be afraid that the app will post on your timeline without your consent. Uh, with Facebook login, you specifically choose whether to let the app post on your behalf or not. That's great. That's great that people have the option to go in and, and take control of that. But they have uh, to go in, right? That is the key. Is like there's all these great features available, and I think people really don't know. I don't know how many people have ever looked at that app feature where it shows every app you've yeah, ever yeah. logged into with yeah. Facebook, and you're like, what? <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot There's a lot to dig deep into. And so we'll post. There's a lot of tips that Facebook shared with us, and we'll post them on our Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> parenting <laughs> bites and uh, so if people want to dig deeper into that we'll have uh, lots of great information from Melissa Luvan product manager at Facebook thank you so much for joining us today thank you so much for having me it was great to be here thanks, thanks. Melissa to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it talking tech apps entertainment and issues around parenting the digital generation this is parenting bites with rebecca levy this week on the podcast we have a our returning sponsor kumon which is all about smart kids so every parent wants their kids to have the best chance to succeed in life even if they haven't taught them how to do laundry. So <laughs> that is why every parent needs to know about Kumon math and reading programs. Created in Japan almost 50 years ago, the Kumon method has worked for thousands of kids around the world. In fact, most Kumon students are studying above grade level. That's because unlike sitting in front of a teacher and passively taking notes, Kumon actively helps kids develop critical self-learning skills as they advance at their own pace. So students from as young as three through high school, gain a valuable academic advantage that can propel them throughout school, into college, and beyond. See what Kumon can do for your child by visiting a free parent orientation. For a limited time, you can save up to $50 on free registration at kumon.com. That's K-U-M-O-N dot com. Kumon, where smart kids get smarter. Offer is valid at participating centers only, and most Kumon centers are independently owned and operated. So I think Kumon obviously needs to add laundry and some cooking, <laughs> and, cooking. and cooking, cooking and then we can just outsource everything to them. I like that. I like that it's smart kids who get, just get smarter. Yep. I like that. So check them out. That's Kumon, K-U-M-O-N dot com. Okay, so we are back with topic number two, food. 
<laughs> I feel like we at least have to talk about food. I love this story. <laughs> I know. I love this. Um, so on September 2nd, the New York Times published an article, Cooking with Kids, Five Reasons You Should Be Doing It. And it just starts out, the first sentence is, children should learn to cook. And I, we are definitely raising a generation of children that can't cook. Yeah. I think actually being raised by a generation of people who can't cook. Um, I have so many friends who are now we live in New York, so they order in almost every night or they eat out every night. But I was just in the suburbs for a week and I feel like people just pick up food there all the time, too. Some people cook, but I think picking up food on your way home has become a staple for a lot of people. Well, all those gorgeous or frozen um, suburban grocery stores, they have those huge yep. hot bars mm-hmm. where you can just pick up your entree and a couple of sides. It's, it's awesome. I miss and Wegmans. And, you know, women who are working get home late or are commuting. You know, it's very easy to get off the train or get out of your car and stop at Wegmans or stop at Fairway and pick up your hot food. So I would say I stop at Zabar's on my way home probably once a week that I do that, that I pick up like a chicken and sides and whatever. Um, because of that reason, like all of a sudden it's six o'clock, I got to leave the office. I got to, it's easier for me to like come home with dinner but I cook, I would say, four nights out of seven. So I want to talk about the definition of cooking. Okay. Because that's, I think, really interesting. I thought I'd been cooking and prided myself on literally, you know, not ordering in, not doing takeout since I work from home now. But my idea of cooking is throwing chicken on the grill that I've marinated and maybe some scallions on the grill. And that's totally cooking. Okay. Okay. I thought cooking? so. And I was so proud of myself. Then you, Amy, gave me plated. Oh, that's like and, cooking 2.0. And that was like, oh my God, you can't start this at 5.30. I mean, it's awesome because yeah. all the ingredients are there. And we've been but talking about plated for a couple, of week, a couple of weeks now on the show. But I had to call my husband in and say, dude, sit down and start chopping. Otherwise, yeah. none of this is ever going to get ready. Because... And I I remembered that that's how I used to cook, Mm -hmm. and it excited me and it scared me (laughs) (laughs) because it was awesome cooking these amazing meals that I would never cook now at this point in my life, but it scared me thinking, wow, I've become so lax that... I don't do any of this anymore. Yeah, and we should mention that Plated is not a sponsor anymore. We're right. just all now customers. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. Like that stuff that you throw on the grill is great, but it's a totally different thing it's than different. like the fifteen ingredient recipes yeah, that I think a lot of us hour don't take of time prep and chopping do. and doing, which I used to do when when you know my son was little and we had people come over or I, I had more time to cook. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You know what's interesting is I actually think the more you cook like that the faster and easier it becomes. Oh, yeah. So I think when you start getting back into that, it feels overwhelming because you're not used to having to, like, chop and peel. Oh, it scared me. But I find (laughs) that when you do that a lot, because I always cook that way, because we live in an apartment. I'm not grilling. Um, (laughs) But you develop a rhythm where you understand that you can get this part started while you chop the next part, and you get the next thing done while you chop. Now, what I love about this article is if you involve your children... You have a sous chef, right? <laughs> so no chef is in the kitchen in a restaurant doing it all themselves. They have someone else doing the chopping. I remember my stepsister's boyfriend was the pasta chef at one of uh, Mario Batali's restaurants. Like, that's all he did was the pasta. Um, there was a guy who just did sauce. There was a guy who just did, sal- you know, whatever it was, your sign. So this article, I mean, she starts with her three-year-old at a cutting board. 
which I think most people would like gasp. But she had like a little, um, I don't know what you call it. It's like a little slicer. You know, you can buy the things that'll make the hard boiled egg into all the slices yeah, automatically. Yeah, I so, love those. So that's what she was using, something like that, basically, or almost looked like a pastry, whatever well, you call it, my shovel. Kid, my kids, my <laughs> kids' school would do that when the kids were little. They would have them chop things. They were just chopping with plastic, so right. it's not going to be as neat kids, and small. Right, but you can buy these really great kids-safe knives at William Sonoma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're almost. I think they might be ceramic, actually. They're really great. And one of the things she talks about in this article, which I love, is that when kids are involved in the cooking, they usually eat. Yeah. And they're they less will, picky. They're less picky. They will try new food because they're the ones cutting and chopping. It doesn't mean they'll like it, but they're more willing take a little pride. to taste it. My yeah. son broke that rule. I've heard it works with so many kids, and my son was like the one who, like, he actually enjoyed helping me in the kitchen, and I did it a bunch of times, and he never would try anything that he made. And I was like, all right. Get out of the kitchen. You're buying me. <laughs> because that's the only reason I wanted to do it was to get him to try new foods. But I've heard other people say it works great. That's really funny. Like this is, um, she says, okay, so I'm going to read the five ways and then we'll talk about them. So children who cook become children who taste and sometimes eat, except for Jake. Except for Jake. Children who cook say I can, not I can't because hmm. they realize they can, right? They've been telling all the time that they can't do things for kids and now they're saying they can. Cooking is a way to talk about health. So while you're cooking, you get to talk about the fish and how eating, you know, how that gives you fatty acids and eating a rainbow of colors makes you healthy. Although I always say, like, so do M&Ms then. Um, Cooking is a way to talk about healthy ingredients. So that's really interesting. So that point, I think, is really, really great. When you make ice cream, you realize what should go into ice cream and not the things that were added. Um, And same thing is about bread, that bread doesn't need sugar, things like that. Um, And then cooking brings people family members of all ages together which i actually think is one of my favorite things about cooking and why i think cooking is a great like family reunion activity or family gathering activity whereas either it's like even make your own pizzas or something like that that being around food or taco night mm-hmm. where people yeah. even everyone if hanging out in the kitchen everyone's hanging out and even if they're not cooking they're assembling mm-hmm. it's still something that everyone can participate in and i think for kids when you hear chefs talk like if you watch i obsessively watch top chef um <laughs> i love top chef but they always say they started cooking i would say 90 percent of the time either from their grandma or their mom or their dad in the kitchen they were just in the kitchen. Maybe they're doing their homework in the kitchen. Maybe, But it was always, it's usually because cooking was going on in the home. And something they participated in. And something they participated yeah. in. So I'll give you my proud mama moment. Um, so my son cooked with me at a very young age uh, because now I've just told you I actually used to cook. <laughs> <laughs> and chop and, and dice. Um, and I have to say, I have pictures of him like at two or two and a half cracking eggs and helping me make scrambled eggs. Uh, when I worked in the city and he was home alone in the suburbs and he'd call me and say, I'm hungry, I would say, make a lasagna, get dinner started. And because my husband was traveling and he would. I mean, he could cook lasagna or pasta or something so that when I got home, it was ready. And he was really proud of himself. Well, now he's out of college. I've just been on my two week time away in Europe. He sent me a picture text and wrote full fridge. I'm wow. cooking tomorrow. And apparently had friends over. Of course, the house was clean when I got home, so <laughs> whatever. But, like, made smoke. You know, he has a smoker, and he made chicken, and he made ribs, and he made quinoa salad. And, I mean, he is cooking because he has a sense of, 
I guess it's empowerment because right. I know how to do this. And now he's free to experiment a little bit and trying to be healthier and eating new things. And so for me, you know, after all these years, it was a really proud moment to see he didn't eat takeout pizza and takeout Mexican every night. He cooked. Right. And that's difficult. You know, I think people, as we said, have stopped cooking themselves. So it's hard to pass it on if you're not going to cook. If your child's expectation is we're picking up, we're ordering in, um, or I don't know. I, I think I think about my freshman year of college when you just don't have the ability to cook because you're in a dorm room. Mm-hmm. And how much Hot pot. cereal I ate. Uh, I just think about and how Raymond much noodles. cereal I ate. Yeah. And, you know, there is something. I feel like you definitely should not send your kid to college without some basic skills. Like, they should not have to make scrambled eggs. They just should. Scrambled eggs, pasta. Mm-hmm. Actually, the New York Times did one of those, too, I think. Or maybe it was... Adam Gopnik, but he said, like, there are five things that every college student... Now, they're not going to be able to do their freshman year in a dorm, but, like, when they live on their own starting sophomore year, they should know how to make some basic things so they're not just living on Twinkies and Doritos. I I taught my son how to make penne pasta because I figured that that way he could survive. Yes. As long as he can make that. Good survival skills. But, like, I pride myself on raising these independent kids, and the one place that I failed is with cooking because I just I don't really enjoy having them in the kitchen and with yet me. you cook so much I do you bake I do I cook and I bake and the thing is it's a zen process for me I love the process and so to have other people and not just kids to have other people in there with me it's a totally different thing so I avoid it whenever possible I feel the same way I never involve my kids and I cooking has always been my th- I started cooking for my family when I was 12 I took over I started cooking my mom didn't like to cook um so she she did cook but she didn't enjoy it and sort of made the same things in rotation and I started cooking when I was about 12 um and I always loved it like loved it loved it I don't love it now that Mm -hmm. it's on me to cook for my family like after I'm tired like it was one thing when I came home from school at three o'clock and I was like (laughs) my mom had done all the grocery shopping and Mm -hmm. all the ingredients were there um now it does it can feel like a chore but I find if I have all the ingredients there mm-hmm. it's fine um so it's that's also a big nice thing. the new york times you know they are starting to print these kid-friendly yes. recipes that's and we'll have a link to this article on our facebook page but there's that. lots of recipes that kids of all different ages can use and honestly like you know what you just said really um hits home with me because i'm kind of on this cycle of the same things over and over and I would love to have I'd love to make a, a Facebook group maybe <laughs> people who share their top three recipes that mm. you know everyone can kind of do a recipe swap and you know it's tried and true and easy to do or not yeah. too time consuming but try someone one. else's favorite recipe. that's the big problem I have like if you just search for recipes you don't know if it's a good one exactly. there are just so many out there and you try it and you're like how did this get four to five stars has anyone right. actually made it, it America's sucks. test kitchen yeah oh that's my all. god <laughs> what, I think I I pay like $39 a year for America's Test Kitchen subscription, and it is so worth it. Right. So what I would say with kids, and I am going to start doing this because it is annoying to me that my daughters are like reading BuzzFeed while I'm putting together dinner, is... (laughs) is enlisting my children to be sous chefs. Like, I don't expect them to do the bulk of the cooking, but they should be sous chefs at this point. They will make themselves eggs in the morning. That I will say. They'll do eggs. They'll do oatmeal. They'll do, um, like, a hole-in-one, like, egg in a basket. They'll do pancakes. So basic stuff. But they're not doing anything that requires um, flavor. 
yeah. or like understanding how things balance and taste and all that stuff. So I think that is a message for this year. I will tell you the best thing we did, and this sort of ties in with going to school, was make our children make their own school lunches. Mm. They bring their lunch every day. They don't do the school lunch at school. And it was, my husband was doing it. Because at a certain point, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't make dinner and also make their lunches every night. Like, it was just enough at the end of the day. And he started doing it. And the reason he really didn't like doing it wasn't so much the time thing. It was because he was eating everything as he was doing it. So he would, like, <laughs> give them a little chips and he'd eat some chips and give them some. I did he that. He was like, I'm going to gain so much <laughs> Three slices of bologna for me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it was like, um, I can't remember the chef who used to put the wine in the... It wasn't Julia Child, but someone was like, put a little wine in the pot. A little <laughs> was that Irma Bombeck? She used Maybe to talk about Irma that. Bombeck. Yeah. But, um... So he was like, this is ridiculous. I'm going to gain like 20 pounds. I keep eating all this stuff at night. So we started having them make their own lunch at night. And you know what? It was the best thing we ever did because they so appreciate it now. If I say, oh, I'll just do your lunch tonight. They're like, (laughs) oh, my God. But also they had to learn how to like put it all together and portion control. And they realized like it was actually a big deal at the end of your day to also do that because we do it the night before. Um, so I highly recommend make your kids make their own school lunch, even if you just make them put like the snack stuff in the Tupperware and the whatever, um, and you still make their sandwich, whatever it is. But it's like it was ridiculous already. They were in fifth grade. I'm like, this, make yourself a sandwich. Like, give me a break already. I should Enough. totally be doing that. And yet I'm the only mother in the world who doesn't hate making the school lunches. Maybe because my kids are really easy with what they want. I should make them do it. But it's like I'd rather hand off something to them that I don't like doing. Like Laundry. Like, yeah, dishes. <laughs> That's you know I, we could do a whole episode about my control freakishness and why I won't let the kids do laundry or my, or my husband. It's really sad. That's for a next show. That's another. Yeah. That's yeah, another Amy, episode. Amy, we're gonna have we can have a psychiatrist. We can have a psychiatrist on as a guest and analyze why I, my workload is too heavy at home because I won't let anybody do things. There you go. Yeah. So and so Amy, who was Miss laid back, free range, yeah, is actually control a total freakish. tight ass control freak in the, when in it comes the home. To her socks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> screen time, no problem. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not that I'm doing it all so well. It's just that I know that they won't do it as well as I would if I actually did it. So half the time it just doesn't get okay, done. But Does let's that make just sense? say, even though it's not this topic, your children must learn to do their own laundry. Yeah, yes. they, they have to. I have they to have do to. this. It's really yes. they can't be those freaks that bring their laundry no. home. And I feel like my my son is starting his freshman year of high school. I feel like we just started a countdown. I've got four years to teach him everything he needs yep. to know before and he goes will. to college. You will. My son yeah. now does not. I mean, even right before college, he did his own laundry. That's it. He had his separate hamper. He did his own laundry. You know, sometimes it would sit there for three days before he moved it to the dryer. And it was really gross. And I had to yell and scream. But he wanted to do it himself. But it's like, I think it's the best thing to hand over to them. Because if they don't do it, they have no clothes. It's like an immediate thing that they learn. They could be like my friend Jen in college who just went and bought more underwear. (laughs) Well, then they have to use their own money So this is clearly a conversation we need to have for another day. I will say that people should definitely check out the Kids in the Kitchen series um, on the New York Times. And you can follow their hashtag... NYT Kids Cook, where people are actually posting pictures of their kids cooking oh, and wow. their own recipes, and it's really cool. I'm and check, check it out. And we will be right back with our bites of the week. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. 
Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. All right, we are back with our Bites of the Week. Who's going first? I can go first. All right, Amy. Um, So this kind of ties in with what we were talking about earlier with Facebook and security. Um, I'm a big proponent of two-factor authorization, where if you want to sign into a website, you can't just sign in with your password. You also have to have a code usually texted to you. Or um, I think Facebook has like a code generator that you can use. And Google. Yeah, there are different ways to do it. But... For any site where you can possibly use two-step authorization or two-factor sign-in, it's called a bunch of different things, you should use it because it's so easy for somebody to take over your account um, and then really, really, really hard to get it back. There are so many horror stories out there. So there's a site that actually lists all of the different sites that have two-factor authorization or if they don't have two-factor authorization, you can click a button and tell that site that they should have it. And the site is called twofactoroth.org. So it's T-W-O factor A-U-T-H dot org. I think that's a great thing, and I have it on almost all my social sites. So I'll just tell you the one downside of that Hmm. is um, traveling. Because when I I forgot about Twitter and my two-factor authentication, and I needed to send myself a Twitter code, when I was in Europe, but my phone was in airplane mode and I couldn't get any text messages. I could get iMessages, but Twitter's obviously not sending me an iMessage. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you have it and it's brilliant and I have it on everything, you need to make sure that you have loaded those and added them and, and are able to get your code if you're yeah. traveling. I ran or into turn that. it off when you travel. Yeah, exactly. I, I ran I into that one that. time when I had to use my husband's phone for a day yeah. and it totally screwed yeah. me up. Yeah. But other than that, you know, like, just be aware. If but you're not going to have your phone or if you can't get text, then you can run into an issue. I think for yeah. Gmail especially. Oh, it's oh, fabulous. You have to have it yep. on yep. Gmail. Yep. All right, Andrea? Yep. All right, so, um, so I've just been away at a fantastic tech conference in Berlin called IFA, IFA. So many cool things. Amy, you should have seen the smartwatches. You're going to make me so jealous. So there'll be lots of stuff as as the weeks go by. But what I want to talk about this week is um, Philips. Because, you know, you think about Philips television and their speakers and their sound bars. But I had a really great conversation and visit to the Philips pavilion. And when I say pavilion, I mean these these things are huge. Um, and Philips is rolling out what's called, it's, it's like this health continuum. They're, they're rolling out this personal health agenda. Uh, and consequently, they have all kinds of connected health products to start helping people, you know, like fitness trackers, to be more aware, just mm-hmm. to be more aware of what they're doing, what's going on, and kind of Philips will analyze this data in the cloud. And, of course, we have to find out how secure and everything that's going to be. But, you know, kind of give you coaching and tips. But the coolest thing I saw, and we're going to have a picture on the Facebook page, is Philips has something called the Blue Touch Pain Relief Patch. And it's basically, um, it's a patch, and it's filled with, like, 26 teeny tiny blue LED lights that goes into a band around your back for back pain. And you control it on your phone. So you're basically, like providing your own heat and little massage Hmm. and they also if you've ever been to a chiropractor and you've had that electric stim put on your Mm -hmm. back or whatever they now have personal in-home use ones that you control with your phone 
Um, so, you know, it's a step in the direction of letting you kind of take control of this. I, I worry a little bit about maybe somebody using it all day or using it incorrectly, but I'm sure it's not enough of a jolt that you could hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was really, really impressed with Philips Digital Health Initiatives. They're going to have a connected scale, finally, which other people have, but blood pressure monitors and a health watch and, and kind of appealing to the senior crowd as well as ear thermometers for kids. So mm-hmm. so my bite of the week is to just keep an eye on this. Um, definitely if you're someone who suffers from back pain and need, need this uh, back pain relief patch, I'm looking forward to that coming out. Nice. And lots more to come. Cool. All right, I have two. One is Hipster Barbie on Instagram. Oh, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> love that. So I actually really love this if you have tweens and teens because there is something so subversive about it and pointing out all of the idiotic things that people do on Instagram. It's it's such a brilliant way to do it and make fun of it without saying to your kids, like, those people don't really have that life going on. Those, like hipster Barbie, she's sitting on a desk somewhere with a Photoshop backdrop. <laughs> this is exactly <laughs> what she's doing. Do you have FOMO watching her? This is a problem. Um, so the hipster Barbie Instagram account is endless fun and my other one is also it's on instagram it's facebook they must be on instagram it's humans of new york um which I, if you don't know about humans of new york like just please just Cl- go to facebook climb out from under your rock oh my and, god yeah. but he just came back from iran mm-hmm. and i think it is again the most mind changing use of social media he just photographed person after person after person in iran who looked as Western as you can imagine. Um, And the women were as varied as you can imagine in their cover-up or modesty from headscarves to full-length. Like, no matter what, there's not a person that he interviewed that you wouldn't have thought, oh, that's, like, my neighbor down the street. Mm. Um, It is such important work, I think, because when we talk about these things, particularly with our kids or they're hearing CNN or their, God forbid, Fox News, where it just sounds like this monolithic Iran and we should bomb them and we should... And then you see these pictures of people on the street and how exactly like you and me they are and how Mm. everyone just wants the best for their family and is just trying to make a living and all these beautiful, wonderful stories. Um, I highly, highly, highly recommend always following Humans of New York, but particularly this whole series from Pakistan and Iran. And um, show it to your kids' teachers. If they're hmm. they're history teachers, they're whatever, it's something that like kids should see and talk about. And that's the beauty of social media. All these people you would never meet in your daily life, and it's easy to make people evil until you see them for what they are. So that is it for this week. Um, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash parenting bites. We have zero privacy controls on our page. <laughs> you can see everything that we got. It's all up there. Um, follow us on Twitter at hashtag parenting bites. Make sure it's B-Y-T-E-S on iTunes, parenting bites. Again, two words, parenting B-Y-T-E-S. Please rate us, review us, subscribe. It's how we get found and pushed up in that elusive algorithm. And of course, on play.it where you can find parenting bites and all of the CBS podcasts. Until next week. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Happy back to school. Woohoo!